Hi everyone, welcome to episode 9 of the Everyday Hair Colorist. Today I have Anne Coltran on from LA. Anne is super busy, travels the world, is absolutely fascinating to follow, lovely to talk to. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi Anne, how are you? I'm I'm pretty good. How are you, Jack? I'm okay, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Difficult times. Uh, yes, and a de- a, definitely a lot of reflecting and a lot of recharging and rethinking and yeah i think a lot of us are doing that aren't they um but that's great great to know that you're well first of all i'd like to introduce you to the english audience who might not know you probably they do because you've got so many thousands hundreds of thousand followers but uh, you're in la you live in la you travel the globe obviously working and you also have a salon um what does your kind of week or month look like now so I'm based in LA, uh, although sometimes I feel like I'm based on a plane, <laughs> <laughs> but not now. I, I'm definitely based here. <laughs> I'm grounded. Um, um, I, a, a typical month or a typical week usually consists, it depends on, on the month. Um, I'm usually in LA, like working the salon, the LA salon for like four days out of a month and then and during the whole month, I'm either working at another city. So I have clients in New York, Miami, and San Francisco, and also Dubai. Um, and so I do that. And then I teach, and then I do editorial, and I have you know, celebrity clients and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just like, you know, feeding a lot of kids, just <laughs> giving a piece of me to all of them. So, And I actually really enjoy that because... I'm a Gemini, so I need to be constantly stimulated. So I think that keeps it going, and I really enjoying it. And it probably seemed very hectic for a lot of people, but I love it. It keeps me going. keeps my It keeps me on my toes, and I love it. You are super busy. Sometimes I look at, at you, and I, th- I think that to myself when I'm I'm working, it's like, wow, my schedule's busy. And then I I look at people like you, and I'm just like, oh my, my schedule's not busy. Oh my god, look at what they're doing. But um, where did it all begin for you, hairdressing wise? Where did it all begin? Your love of hair. Um, well, I went. Well, the love of hair actually started when I was in fashion school. I went to fashion school um, before I did hair, and uh, I, I I love love clothing. I love um, how garments are made and construction. And I used to be so good at pattern making. That's probably one of my strengths in when I was in um, fashion school. And um, I love to take my time doing it and cutting fabric. And I think that started from there. Um, and of course, McQueen is always my idol. I think mm. of all the, um, I keep, every time we have to do like, um, reports about your favorite designer and they're like can you pick someone else i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) so he's 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 my idol uh, always so um it's start from that and you know his you know his design is always that um, so dramatic and beautiful and and so um starts from there and i went to school and then when i graduated i went to toning guy um to start my um apprenticeship or actually um, an assisting program. And um, I learned a lot during the whole time when, when I was at Toning Guy. I learned how to um, technically cut hair and understanding the, you know, the origin of like haircuts and stuff like that. So 
um, and I guess com combination of like pattern making and cutting fabric, I really understand it, and I'm, it's almost second nature to me. Right. Um, and that's about fifteen years ago, something like that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it started out at Tony and Guy after after fashion college, and then then where did you go? Then I I always want to either go to New York or Los Angeles, mm. but I was so chicken to go to New York because I feel like it's going to eat me up and spit me out. And so I took an easy route and went to LA because I love that. <laughs> uh, because I, I live in Orange County and Orange County is basically the suburb of Los Angeles or south of Los Angeles, for like 45 minutes. Um, so I went up there and I uh, went to Beverly Hills. Why not? And I learned how to blow dry. Why not indeed? Yeah. I think moving up there in Beverly Hills, I did a lot of blow dries. And I think blow drying is such a different, different, different thing than cutting. So I really learned how to do that. And I'm glad I did it. And um, it, it was a good training, part of training for me. And um, I've been doing it for like maybe 20 years now. So I don't know, like mm. 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Because there's the, the foundations are and the disciplines of fabrics and uh, fashion, and the, there are definite disciplines to that. And then to Tony and Guy, where there are, again, very clear disciplines in cutting and styling, but n not sort of super blow drying, particularly known for, I think. And then for you to then go on to LA, where I'm sure it was very glamorous and very polished, finished blow dries. Am I right in that? Correct. Very a lot of housewives. <laughs> we love housewives. We love housewives. I love housewives. I love saying, you know, I love women. Now, this is interesting because out of those two, sort of the dichotomy, isn't it? There's the two extremes, and you you became known for lived in hair. When I look at your Instagram feed, I, I always know when your, when your picture comes up on my feed, because I'm like, I know that's on totally. I, this, it evokes a feeling uh, for me. And when that happens to me, I always think it's quite magical. There's this look that you create that isn't the same. It's different, yet it feels like you to me how what is that how did it happen i've got so many questions for you about it um can we can we talk about that can we talk about your lived in hair where did it come from i have an answer for that and i and i and thank you for um saying that it, it gives you a feeling and that's what i want um and i it came from i think from fashion school when i was used to collecting um tear outs from um magazines that's what we used to do right. <laughs> before instagram yes of course um uh, we used to look at magazine and we we tear them out <laughs> and we save them um and then i have a file of like naomi campbell i have a file of Len linda evangelista and kate moss and all that stuff and there is this one particular photo of kate moss um it, she was on the bed and um, her hair was kind of like, you know, it looks like she just woke up or just, you know, wake up from having sex. And it's just, it's, it's kind of messy and kind of like done, but undone. And, and, and I'm like, wow, I love that hair because 
it's just so simple and it's so, it looks easy, but you know, how can we keep on giving this look for women? Because women always love that look because it looks like I don't care, but I do care. And it's, it's, I, I, I love that contradiction. But, and it's, so it, that's where it came from. It, and it's not it easy took, to achieve that look. It's, you haven't just got out of bed. It's that kind of sexy, um, come play with me, come hither me kind of look. Yet, it, if it's not done properly, it can look absolutely terrible. But you managed to connect those two. Yeah. I, I, think, I think when I'm on set, when I work with um, um, models or um, celebrities that don't have the right haircuts <clears throat> or don't have the haircuts for that, you have to work a little extra to get that look. But when you have the right foundation as far as the right haircuts that goes into that styling, it makes it a lot easier. So, yeah, you know, this is where my training with Tony guy came in and, you know, I understand the foundation. I understand how um, things were <clears throat> being cut and stuff like that to, to look a certain way. And that really helped me out so much. And over the years of like trial and error of like trying to find the right combinations of different techniques to achieve that look. Um, and I think I finally found something that works for me that I can consistently replicate on different types of um, clients. And I think it comes from a haircut. That's the foundation. That's the infrastructure that makes it easier for clients to style their hair or not. So I think that's really, really important to have a really good haircut. And it, it crosses age barriers, isn't it? It's not just young girl hair. The, you, do a, you showcase on your feed a real cross-section of ages and races, which I think is amazing. Whereas, you know, my feed's all young girls um, on it. But you're, you're, it's so commercial. Um, and it, obviously your cuts speak to women of all ages and they all look so fabulous. Oh, thank you, Jack. <laughs> um, I, I, I love working with different people and I love working with different types of um, hair because I think, you know, hair texture is almost like someone's fingerprint. You know, not all hair textures are very the same. Yes. It can be similar. Um, and, and, and the way the hair grows out of your head and like different calyx or different... Um, swirls or how things behave it's, it's always a challenge i think that's one thing that um we overlook sometimes when you look at photos it's like okay someone has a calic here someone has a swirl here so you know they have thin hair thick hair all these different things are like accountable and you have to make sure that you use the right technique on them and so they can do this on themselves um and yeah, I, I do want to show a different variety of um, women because I feel like all types of women are beautiful. And I think yes. um, that comes from, you know, um, with my sisters and my mom. And I, I think I love my mom so much that I really want to show like all like how um, um, appreciative I am with women. And, and I love meeting all types of women because they all have different 
background, but they very they all have similar stories. And I think in order to bring everyone together, it's just nice to have all types of like you know old, young, you know Middle East, Asian, white, black, whatever. You know, it's just I love yeah. that. I, I think it's so united. So. But one of the, the things, of course, is that the realities of an asylum is that we have this huge cross-section of women. Um, and I always think that when you have a woman in her 40s and 50s or 60s or 70s in your chair, um, that so often they haven't been spoken to, that somehow society has said that they're irrelevant because of their age, yet they still want to be seen and I think that a great hair color, a fantastic haircut, actually really is magical for, for women. And it makes them feel special if it's done well. Um, I wanted to just say that I've got, you've got this woman who's on your feed a lot. Her name's Kate Page, I think. And she is, you, it's this iconic picture of her that you've done that it's just, I see it everywhere. It's just amazing. It's so pretty. Who is Kate Page? Is she somebody you work with? Wait, is she blonde Bob? Yeah. Yeah. Blonde. Uh, blonde. Oh, it's Car. Her name is okay. Carshell. Carshell. Yes. yes. Sorry. I can see that now. I love the look of that. So beautiful. Aww. It is. It's gorgeous. I, I see it everywhere all the time. And then when I look on your feed, I'm like, oh, there's a nice one. There's a nice one. So I just get drawn into it. When you're in the salon, I know that salon life in New York and L.A. is very different to salon life in London. What does that day look like? How many clients do you see? How do you operate on that? Um, we see about anywhere from 20 to 25 clients a day. Um, but New York is the most craziest. Sometimes I see 30 and I literally die <laughs> when I'm done. So when uh, I worked in the USA, there was an expectation that you, where I worked, that you'd have to do 18 to 24 clients a day. And I often talk about that in the UK market, about working smarter, working faster. It's a lot of work looking after that many people. How, how do you look after 30 people a day? What does, what does your team look like? How does, how does that run? Well, I definitely cannot do it alone. Um, I, I have a good team, and having a good team is so important. It makes your day so much easier. Yes. Um, it makes you a lot happier. <laughs> um, so you can talk to clients, and you can give them the best haircut or best hair color. And I think having a team, it's, it's very essential. Um, someone, you know, who can know that they know their job. Um, I have three assistants. Um, each of them knows their job duties, um, you know, um, from the third who comes and clean and shampoo and the second who blow dries and organize the schedule and greet the clients. Um, and then the third or the first is um, someone who um, finished the, um, the um, haircut by um, styling the hair out and taking photos and doing Instagram or um, social media. Um, and in that system, it really helps me to do that many people because it's just, it's a, and, and clients like it too, because they get to talk to all of them and it's exciting for them. They, they get to catch up on their life and, you know, they can talk about their boyfriends and girlfriends. I really don't get into that. Um, 
but the girls love it and the guys love it and you know it's a way to connect with the clients and um the clients really enjoy it and i think coming in they they know that um with the citizens they um they like that so that's how i do i have i need help <laughs> i think yeah absolutely we all need help to uh, perform well in our days anyway from meet and greets reception booking shampooing everyone's important in salon life because you can't do it on your own we know that but one of the things that i've noticed um working in both the usa and the uk is that american women aren't necessarily worried about the <clears throat> the time they don't need an hour and a half with you to feel like that's luxury they need your commitment to them in that moment and they need to feel great when they go out whereas sometimes i feel in the uk market that people kind of want that that hour hour and a half kind of thing because that feels like luxury there's this different sort of component on it i don't quite know what it is i could be completely wrong but that's my feeling comparing the two together oh I, I can see that, yeah. Because, you know, sort of American women, it's, they want to get their nails done, want to get their, their pedicures done, want to get their hair cut, and also have got other things and they want to get out. They're not seen as um, not seen as special events. It's seen as maintenance. Do you think that's right? I, I think so. A lot of times my clients be like, okay, on, like, especially New York, they're like, all right, you have an hour. I'm like, uh, okay, we'll, we'll take an hour 15. Well, you might, you, you definitely will be late. Um, just to let you know, but, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think, I think even, even giving them that 20 minutes of like your time Yes. to them, that's all they need. They're like, okay, just as long as you focus on my haircut exactly, and that you are giving me what I need. And then I can, I can have the fluff with your assistant. I can, you know, talk boyfriend and girlfriend with your assistant and stuff like that. And I, I already tell them, I'm like, like I'm not going to go too deep into a conversation because I, I, I can't. But, you know, I always stay focused with them. And then I can, like, relax. And, you know, I still want to give them the best because, you know, Absolutely. They, you know, they are paying what they're paying and stuff like that. And, you know, we can always talk about the boyfriend and girlfriend situation later because that's not as important, you know. But that's also, you know, really important to them later. But they, the most important thing is like the big piece of the pie. Um, and yeah, I think you're right. I think you they, they, they want in and out. In and out, but still a great standard. And there's a difference in that, isn't there, too? And I think that's a really hard um, balancing act. And it's great that you've you're able to have support team members who know what they're supposed to do as well and who um one of the things i wanted to tell the audience is that in the uk that in the usa assistants are licensed to practice which means they've gone to beauty school and it depends on which state they're in um, to get their qualifying hours before they can actually touch hair is that right on correct they have to put in in the state of California, you have to put in 1,600 hours of, um, you know, practice, uh, like, um, you know, yeah. doing. And then in in California, you have to learn everything. You have to learn makeup. You have to learn manicure, pedicure. You have to learn facial. And then you have to learn hair. Yes. So in, in order to have that cosmetology license, you have to learn all that stuff. I think what will be interesting to our UK audience who have maybe not worked in the States is that, 
in California, the minimum hours is the equivalent to an MVQ3, which means a lot of people in the UK qualify MVQ2, and MVQ3 is a choice necessarily. But in the States, they have to finish that qualification, and then they can go into a salon and they can assist or they can go and, you know, open, they can work in a salon or do a booth rental or something like that. But if you want to go far, you obviously want to go and join a team that's doing well and learn the skills. Yeah, it's true. You do. So um, a lot of my listeners, uh, we talk and a lot of guests have all talked about Instagram. I mean, you're Instagram famous. Um, and I don't know, obviously, talent, talent first. Instagram second, Instagram's blown up for you and has led to lots of other opportunities. When did you click in and realize that Insta was important? And how did you find, Mary from Behind the Chair always talks about finding your path and staying on message. And I remember when we first met maybe three years ago in Paris and I was in the room with you and a couple of other people and I, I realized that none of us were doing anything different. It's just that you were on point in your messaging. And that was, that was, that was the most wonderful gift somebody could have given to me professionally in, in my career, I think. Because I realized that there was something that I could change and do. And I sort of followed what you were doing in some ways. How did all that happen for you? Tell me, tell us the story. Share us, share your tips and tricks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I've been doing hair before Instagram, <laughs> so. But I love that. I, I like I like having the experience. I mean, I, I'm not in like you know. I joke about it because I'm always like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm 45. But um, <clears throat> I joke about it because I like to make fun of myself. Um, but I, I did it before Instagram happened, before social media blew up and stuff like that. So to me, I take it really, um, I don't take it for granted. Right. Um, I, I, I really understand the value of Instagram. I understand the value of social media. So I, um, I take it really seriously and also um, want to make sure that when I do post that I get my voice across. And I think... The most important thing is trying to find your voice. And a lot of times when you first start out, you don't maybe don't have a clear voice. Um, yes. But, you know, you, you it's, it's okay to do trial and error. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, let's try something else. It's Instagram. The word instant, it's just like, yes, you might be disappointed at that one point, but like, maybe the next day they'll forget about it. And, you know, and I, th I think that's a really great thing about it. It's really somewhat forgiving unless you do something really bad. But like other than that, you know, if, if something doesn't work, keep trying something else until something stick. And I think pay attention to your audience, pay attention to your, what they like and what they, um, um, you know, give you feedback on feedback on it's very important, you know, um, and I think staying consistent, you know, when I was, um, I still post a lot because I want to make sure that I, um, still doing it because I really like it. You know, I like, um, creating contents, you know, now the challenge is that creating different types of contents for me, 
not necessarily different types of hair, right. but like different way to get the same point across, you know? Um, and I think one thing I would say a good advice for someone who's like starting out, it's like, try to find your voice, stay consistent, post at least once a day, you know, even though you don't have a lot of clients or, or not, you can take photos of their side or their back or their, you know, or maybe do a slow motion video, like be creative of like using the same client on different ways of posting. That's really, that's really kind of you to, to share that. Yeah. And uh, one of my other guests said the same thing that when she started, she'd put a pink rinse over something so that it looked different and shot it from a, in a different light. And, you know, it was the same girl or the same woman, but she just kept on, you know, taking different pictures of them until it started changing for her, which I think is fantastic advice, isn't it, really? Yeah. I'm absolutely rubbish at taking pictures. It kills me. How <laughs> did you... How did you discover the magic in it? I mean, I just want to... I have five million pictures of her on the on the phone, and I want, just want to throw it, the phone away sometimes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think the the most important thing is good lighting um, and yes. making sure the photo is clear. And now actually, have you seen lately, like the photos are kind of blurry? It's kind of cool too. So, you know, I, 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 I like to see what's going on with other people, other influencer and other things mm. and stuff like that. So I, you know, I, I'll throw a blurry photo in just for fun. I don't, you know, I think this to be relevant. Um, but I think, I think, um, I, I know you're amazing, so I don't think you should be too hard on yourself. And I think you should just like post it. I'm pretty sure it's amazing and beautiful. Um, I think that, I think that the, we're all hard on ourselves. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the struggle. <laughs> um, but I think good lighting is very important and, uh, we do have, I, I have taken photos on my phone now, nowadays the phones are so amazing. Like they have such good cameras. Um, and then I also have, uh, you know, a professional DSLR, um, camera of the uh, Canon 5D and we take videos of that we um, we, we take photos of that um, and I honestly think that my assistants are becoming so much better than I am because usually the, the last the first assistant that before they graduate they become so good at photos that um, they know what to do and they sometimes teach me so I think that's really cool that they they teach me how to take photos now. So I love that. I was going to say, my assistant taught me, he said to me the other day that I didn't have my phone on 4K. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wondered why my expensive phone was so rubbish and it wasn't <laughs> on the right settings. And I was like, why are the pictures so bad on my phone? <laughs> um, but young people, of course, energize us, don't they? I mean, the, the passion and the, the hunger, I think, is so energizing and so wonderful. And the questions, the challenge, they sort of challenge you to think differently. It's amazing. But one of the most amazing industries because we are around younger people and also we're also around people who are older and more experienced. Obviously, I'm getting more into the older, older, older category now, but I'm still <laughs> loving it as much as you are and still learning. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs>
Now, your feed has <clears throat> is has changed over the years, and it there's of course there's now a lot of editorial work on there and celebrities and stuff. How did how did that start happening for you? Because you were obviously working in the salon, you you got that whole lived in hair thing down and were posting. Was it was it being in LA that kind of led you to that, or was it that you were doing so well on Instagram and in the salon that led them into you, or were you discovered? How did how did how did it evolve for you? This already incredible career. I, I think. I, I always been doing it, but I think opening the salon, I have to put that in a back burner um, because I have to focus on the salon and, um, and, and building it up and to what it is now. Um, and then now I finally got a chance to like, okay, it's, it's doing its own thing. I can, you know, take a little time off that and put it into editorial. And also right. my new agent from the wall group really helps me out. Um, again, they have such a huge range of like, um, clients from anywhere from like, um, music to celebrities, to blogger, to, um, you know, all these different things. So they, you know, I think they understand how, how, where I come from, you know? So I'm not just like, I don't just do session work and, you know, I do other things. So I think having a right agent that understand what you do and how often you can get out of the salon is very important. So I have an awesome, awesome agent. Her name is Lily and she's from the wall group and she just really understand me. And when, when it's time when she's like, okay, you got to do this client. So I have to cancel a full day of clients at a salon. And they can like, oh. we, so my assistant will have to call 20 people <laughs> But, you know, I don't really do it unless it's worth it. Unless it's like, okay, you need to do this person because this person is blah, 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 blah. Then in that case, I'm like, okay, right. I'll do that. Other than that, I'm just like, she knows. She knows when to pull me out of the sun, when not to pull me out of the sun. And having that relationship is so important because it can help to build your career and, you know, in different direction. So, and I feel like having the um, celebrity clientele it's very important still, you know? Yes, I think it is important. And I think that in, in where you live in LA, it's, it's super important. I, I love the fact that you don't talk about your celebs. You're not slamming them down anyone's throat, which is really nice. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, oh, he just did her. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Um, I love the fact that you're so kind and gentle. That I'm sure that celebrities really love that because when you are working with slopes, of course, they're so, they are quite vulnerable to people releasing stuff and saying stuff. And so it, it takes a, a lot of trust for a slope to come to you and to repeat coming to you as well. Yes, I agree. Because they have that one minute or 30 seconds to trust you mm-hmm. because, you know, they've been fed with so many things so much. And they're like, okay, it's hard to filter. And man, but how how incredible they are in order to like, filter someone so quickly i want that i want that um that strength you know to be able to like oh you're bsing or actually you're legit or you know it's really cool it's a skill that they learn over experience don't you know that already though i'm getting better do you not know that (laughs) well it's a journey isn't it this journey called life yes yes yeah 
obviously this podcast is called The Everyday Hair Colorist, and you're the second cutter I've had on it. So mostly colorists. What I wanted to talk about was how you see color and how you communicate that to your colorists and how you and your colorists collab and how you speak to clients. Would you mind sharing a bit of that with me? Well, I think one important thing is like having a lot of different like reference, like photos is very, very important to, um, to um, clients to showcase what they want. Like, I want this, I want that. Um, of course, color is a lot more in depth because everyone sees color so differently, you know? Right. I think you guys have it a lot more um, intense in the sense of that. So your consultation might be definitely a lot longer. Um, but I, I think when they come in, they're like, they show us photos, they show us this. And for me, I'm like, okay, I'm very all, always honest with them. Like I always ask them like, what's the expectation of them of like, what's your commitment? How's your lifestyle? Are you able to do this or you don't, or you want to wash and go or, you know, all these important questions are very, um, um, I mean, these questions are very important because it helps me decide how many layers I put in the hair and um, how how much of texturizing and stuff like that I have to do on them. And then when it comes to that, when we collab, when I collaborate with um, hair colors, I tell them these things, and then then <clears throat> you know they can understand like, okay, on is going to put this much amount of like um, texturizing or layers into the hair, so you know they can adjust type of like um, coloring to it, amount of highlights or amount of like, you know, face framing and stuff like that. So we, I work with hair colors really well because I understand that if they need a big change, I usually cut before and then they go to um, a colors. So, you know, yes. time sensitive is very important to me. I want to always want to make sure that I get the client's, to the hair colors on time because that's going to be the bulk of the time when it uh, the clients have to spend with um, the, the hair colors is with the hair colors because yes. whatever they're doing, they need that m- amount of time. So I'm always very, I put you guys before a lot of things. Like if someone is like, they come in and clients like, they don't know how to book things. So like when I travel with my um, friend, Stephen Garrison, a lot of times clients like, I don't know how to book things. So I book hair color first and then haircut afterwards. So they come in, they're like, oh, I want a bob. And they have the hair down to their waist. Yeah, and the day falls apart. <laughs> so a lot of times he's like, hey, can you cut her really quick? And then I'll be like, yeah, of course I can. I'll cut her really quick. Like I'll, I'll do like the basic. I'll cut the length off and I'll do, do basic layering so he can start the, um, the color. Yeah. So in, in terms of that, I'm very flexible. Like, I think having assistance makes me a lot more flexible. Okay. So if I'm, I'm not scrambling for like, um, um, help. So it makes it, it makes my life easier, makes their life easier too. Yeah. It makes it easier for the clients. And I think at the end of the day, it's really about making sure that the clients looked after and some people do get it wrong and, and book in for a color and then a cut and, needs to be cut first and I, I always try and help help the stylists get them i always run late as a colorist it's sort of the story of 
colorists' lives, <laughs> and hairdressers are always catching up with him. But it's nice. It's nice to work around people who are kind of in it together because you, it just makes you so much stronger, and you end up winning the day rather than just going home and just wanting to, you know, collapse in a corner and cry. Yeah, and I think I think the big picture is about the clients. It's not about us. Yes, you know, a lot of times I work with so many different colors, and this just makes such a big deal about certain things. I'm like, it's okay, you know. At the end of the day, it's like, if our client's happy, that's all that matters, you know. Like, if we have to like cut our lunch down to 15 minutes, like I'll do it, you know, just as long as my clients are happy and they got a good experience out of it. Because if they don't, they're the one who feed us, you know. Absolutely, you you do have a slight obsession with food, though. You have an obsession with food. I love to eat. <laughs> if I can travel and eat, I would do that and quit hair. Just kidding. No, I won't. Oh my <laughs> I god. And you stay so slim. It, it just drives me mad. I'm like, oh my god, he's slim and he's eating donuts today, and he's slim and he's eating all of this. And I'm like, I eat three things and I gain ten pounds. <laughs> it's hysterical. <laughs> really funny. Well, it's 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 not always that fun you know but um no i i I, yeah i i i think i think eating it's 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 it makes life much more fun and much more like it's you appreciate life more i think food is life food is life indeed Mm -hmm. what's next for you what is next you you already have a salon you travel the world you're looking after women and all sorts of different cities and countries. What's the next thing? Um, Is the one at the moment, or are you just cruising along, enjoying the ride? <laughs> or you can't, and you can't say. Oh my goodness! No, no, I can say. I can say. Um, I actually have um, um, scissors, uh, a scissor, uh, actually shear line coming out. Oh wow! Um, it's actually in production right now, and it's it's um, it's one of my passion that I like to um, do the research and, um, and and find the right factory for it. So I've been working on this project for, I think, almost two years. And that's why I was wow. in Japan a lot. And oh. man, I freaking love Japan. I love Japan so much because I love how when they do things, they... They, if, if they don't, if they don't do it right, they won't do it. So, the craftsmanship it's very important. Um, Precision and, and the um, pride is very important. Yes, yes. So, yeah, that's that's coming out. Not anytime soon, but I think fall this year. I think that we we'll expect something with that. Um, that's amazing. But yeah, just just and i document the whole journey so i want to have a little short film about it so it's really cool really yeah i think i think the young generation nowadays especially the generation y and z they want to see they want to see how it's done like that's that's why there's so many um, shows out there like that's why reality shows are so big and popular because people want to see how they live their life and that's the process of like how things are done. And I think when you have a background to something, it, it just makes it more intriguing instead of like, Oh, here's my new scissor line and blah, blah, blah. It's made blah, blah, blah. And there's just no juice. One of the things that's different about it is, um, is that you've been involved in the process. 
that you didn't just go and put your name on something that had been produced, that you actually went in and decided to do what you did. And I found the same thing with my tint brushes. Oh, you, oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that. Is that out? Coming out, well, it was supposed to be out 1st of April, so of course. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, they're still going to be out, but it was, you know, designed the bristles, patented the technology, made sure there was comfort fit. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. What you have to do is just take something and look at it and like, what don't I like about it? This is what I want to do with it. But I certainly didn't want to, like yourself, just put my name on something. I wanted to be, I wanted to create something. I wanted it to be part of my story. I love that. And uh, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's really cool, Jack. I think that's, that's the only way to do things that be genuine. Yes, absolutely. Who would have thought, hey, <clears throat> at the beginning of your career, or my own career, that we would be in the positions we are today um, and doing some things, still doing what we love, still enjoying it, still got our heads in the game, which I think is amazing. Um, what would your advice be to a young stylist or colorist that is just starting out? Um, I would say make sure this is your passion. Do it for the passion. Don't do it for money. Um, money will come when you really, really love what you do. Um, it just comes in plentiful. Um, but if you do it for the money right off the bat, there will never be enough money because once you make a certain amount, you will always want more. Um, so do it for the passion because there are days when it's like <laughs> that you have a really difficult client, the passion will pull through. No matter how much money you charge that person, if you don't like what you do, it will not pull through. And I don't know. To me, passion just speaks so much longer. And I like longevity over something that's so short-lived. Um, and, yeah, I think passion is the only thing that I can recommend. And, and, um, and you know, I think right now our, our um, industry has changed so much that um, it's a lot more sharing and a lot more um, people willing to um, – um, be more open about their craft, you know, not so much of like, oh, this is my thing. I'm going to hide it, you know, because it's my thing. I feel like everyone shares a lot more. Um, and I think it's such a good direction that our industry is heading towards. So um, I think it's a great direction. You know, learn, learn from different people. Yeah, I agree. Right. And we've been in the industry before when it's not like that. So. Yes, I think social media has actually been the thing that has made people um, realize that you can't keep it all to yourself, that there's nothing wrong with sharing it, because people are sharing all sorts of things. Why not be part of the conversation rather than hiding from it? I mean, you know, you could teach me everything that you know, and I would still put my own spin, my own fingerprint on it, because I am not a carbon copy of you, yeah. and vice versa. I could teach you everything you know, and you wouldn't do it exactly the same as me because you're you. And I think that once people realize that, that there is nothing, there's no harm in, in spreading the love, spreading the knowledge, sharing. It's so important. And it's, it's also a way to renew 
because for me, I can see people showcasing stuff and I'm like, oh, I've never thought of that. Oh, gosh, I wonder if I try that. What will that look like? And it is a way in which we can all keep fresh and relevant and modern. I agree. Yeah, it's it's everyone. I think that's why there's so many cookbooks out there. No one cooks the same. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone has their own spin on it. And I think I love that. I love that. And gosh, and I love talking to you. You're just so knowledgeable. And I, I, I love, you know, so thank you for having me. Well, thank you. I mean, we are living in a very difficult time at the moment with Corona and its impact on the world. Yes. And um, one of the amazing things out of it has been that I've been able to talk with my hairdressing friends more and stay in touch. Um, what do you think? Well, I know it's early days, but what what good thing are you finding in this time of difficulty for you? What are you, what are you doing for you? For me personally, I always like okay. I need to like not go as fast, not do you know to be here, be there and stuff like that. It really helps me to, you know, come back to who I am and, and, and really just be in the present. I think that's more, the most important thing to me. And I'm always thinking ahead. I'm always like playing the future and always, you know, mm. let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Whereas now it's like, okay, this is where we're at. I'm not freaking out, but at the same time, we have to plan the future, but plan it to the point where, we're not always ongoing. It's a good reflection time for everything. Just reassessing everything. Yes, I think reassessing is good. I think stopping for some of us is good, and for other people, it's incredibly worrying. I've sort of said to my, I've made the commitment to myself in this time that I obviously, you know, want to pay my bills and all those things, but I'm going to get up every morning, I'm going to have a shower and a shave. And I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to do a certain amount of jobs around the house that I never do just so that I don't feel mad and I don't start fretting. So that's that's my wish to myself. And I'm glad that you are finding time to stop and pause and think and look after yourself. And I'd like to thank you so much today for being such an amazing guest. Thank you so much, Arne. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Jack. Thank you for a great conversation. And um I love talking to you. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did making it for you. Don't forget to subscribe on your channel that you download your podcasts from. iTunes is my favorite, but I know there are others out there. And also, if you want to follow me on stories on Instagram, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R, the American way, not the English way. And on Facebook, it's Jack Howard Color, C-O-L-O-R. And my website is www.jackhowardcolor.com. Jack Howard Colour, C O L O R.com.